Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. This morning we start our look at the life of King David. We obviously won't have enough time to cover every aspect of, of his life during our series here, but we'll hit the major events that give us guidance and encouragement for today. So back we're in the book of Samuel here. First and second Samuel was really one book, uh, originally one scroll, if you will, uh, but they kind of have it divided up into the first and second book of Samuel. It occurs right after the time of the judges. The Hebrew people no longer wanted to be ruled by judges. They wanted a king. Well, God never wanted a king for his people other than Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. But God gives his people what they want. Now, we aren't sure who exactly the the human author of the the book of Samuel is, but but we know it, it starts at the birth of the prophet Samuel, and it ends with the last words of King David. And for the most part, the book covers most of the reign, most of the kingship of Saul and David. And our lesson this morning picks up right as Saul is is being rejected by God as king. Before we get any further into the text, though, I want you to think about something for a minute. Think about how a person's appearance affects your initial opinion about them. And many of you say, well, it really doesn't. And hopefully it shouldn't. But think about this for for a minute. We're looking for a new president. Not this year, but in the coming year. And there's three candidates available. Candidate number one hangs out with a bunch of crooked politicians, consults with astrologists, has had at least two mistresses, is a chain smoker, and drinks regularly. That's candidate number one. Candidate number two likes to sleep in late, admits to using some drugs during college, drinks heavily, and has possibly had an affair, or a mistress. And the third candidate. The third candidate is a decorated war hero. The vegetarian. Doesn't smoke. Rarely drinks. Has been faithful to one woman. So those are our three candidates that we're going to choose for president. Based upon just those attributes, who would you pick? Well, most people would probably pick candidate number three. War hero, vegetarian, doesn't smoke, rarely drinks, faithful to one woman. Well, candidate number one describes Franklin Roosevelt. Candidate number two describes Winston Churchill. And candidate number three, Adolf Hitler. Amazing how appearances can so twist things. 
appearances can indeed be deceiving. And that is why God looks at the heart. Israel's first king, King Saul, he looked like a king. He was the ideal candidate. He was tall. He was handsome. He was an impressive person. Unfortunately, he was foolish and disobedient. From a human perspective, we would probably say he was an okay king. Yeah, you know, he was human. But he disobeyed God. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures uh, uh, is in, in chapter 15, verse 33, where the prophet Samuel comes up and, and hacks Agag, who was, who was a king of another uh, nation, another country, hacks him to pieces. And that's really, King Agag was really representing sin. And then the, the implication for us is that's what we need to do with our sin as well. Literally hack it to pieces to get rid of it. But our, pick, our scripture this morning picks up where the prophet Samuel is in a state of shock. Here was his king that was rejected by God. He was shocked. He was filled with grief. But God basically comes to him and says, okay, that's enough, Samuel. Get up, get moving. Fill your horn with oil. Go to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem. Offer a sacrifice and anoint one of his sons as king. Samuel does that. He arrives at Jesse's house, sees the eldest son immediately, and prepares to anoint him as king. And God says, no. Not this guy. So another son comes. Samuel's ready. God says no. All the sons of Jesse pass before Samuel. And God says no. So there's Samuel kind of scratching his head, no doubt. Saying, okay. Well, do you have any other sons, Jesse? And Jesse's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we got that. There's a shepherd's son. He's out. Little Davy. He's out in the field with the flock right now. They send for him to bring him in. Bam. God says, this is it. This is the one. And there was a lesson there for Samuel to learn. See, Samuel saw that eldest son. And typically, as we just saw in, 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 the, in the, the wedding this uh, Friday morning, if anybody got up to watch it, if you didn't, I'm sure you saw it played repeatedly on the, the news. The eldest son, he's going to be king someday. Now the, the queen, she's got maybe another 20 or so years to live, who knows. And then the father's got several years to live, but eventually he, he will be king. And that's usually the way it goes. The eldest son is the king. So that's what Samuel comes up, sees the first, first uh, son, the eldest son, He's a nice-looking guy. Looks like he's going to be a king. He's ready to anoint him. But God doesn't look at that appearance. God knows what's in our hearts. He knows our emotions. He knows our will. He knows our intellect. He knows our desires. And he looks at our entire life. And he knows it. And he knows it intimately. He knows it like we know it. In fact, he knows it better. Because you know what? 
I forgot a lot of stuff that I've done in my lifetime. Good stuff and bad stuff. But someone maybe will remind me, oh, do you remember that time that, that you helped out with this? No, oh, I don't remember that. Well, God knows. He knows it all. And no doubt as we age, we're going to forget more and more. But God doesn't forget. He knows who you are. He knows what you're like. When we look at someone, what do we see? Maybe we look at how they dress, how their hair looks, you know, maybe their height, their weight, muscles, what type of build they have. Turn on television and look. Open a magazine. Look at the movie stars. Look at models. Look at our politicians. One of our our greatest presidents was Abraham Lincoln. And that's just not my opinion. That's just been the opinion of many. Do you think we would elect him president of the United States today? He's a tall guy. He's a skinny guy. He had a big beard. He looked weird to us. And from what I gather, he wasn't much of a speechwriter. In fact, the, Getty, the Gettysburg Address was, was on a little piece of paper, a little napkin. He just scribbled it down. So would we vote him into office today? Not based on his looks. That's for sure. But most of the people we see in the public eye look good on the outside. But on the inside, they might be totally different. And people are who they are, not what they look like. That was a lesson Samuel needed to learn. And as we, as we go through the life of David, we're going to see, here's a, here's a lesson Samuel needed to learn we'll see there's many lessons that David needed to learn as well. And sometimes he had to learn them a couple times. But this is a lesson we need to learn as well. If we're given the task of picking a king, picking a leader, picking a president, picking a boss, picking whatever it is, most of us probably would not have picked David. He was just some farm boy. And actually, as I looked at earlier, we would have picked Hitler because he looked the best on paper. David was a young adolescent. He was doing a dirty job. He was ceremonially unclean. You know, as we talked about, Israel has all the the rituals, all the ceremonies they had to do, the washings and, and all these different things, the sacrifices and offerings. So he was he was out in the field with sheep. He was ceremonially unclean. He wasn't prepared to be anointed king, which is essentially what Samuel did here. And no doubt, not only was he ceremonially unclean, but he was in the field with sheep. So he was probably physically unclean. You know? You work outside in the sun all day, working on a farm, you're not going to smell too good by the time evening rolls around. So we probably wouldn't think much of his David character. But as we'll see, David was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't perfect, that's for sure, as we'll see that. And he messed up sometimes. And sometimes he royally messed up. And sometimes his mess-ups had massive consequences. Typically when I mess up, it only affects a few people. 
But when you're a king and you mess up, a lot of people can get hurt or killed or worse. But David was in love with God. He was in love with God. David was faithful to God. David was ready to serve God. David was ready to do God's will. David didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what his future held. And as I said, I think it was last week or the week before, oftentimes we read the Bible as if it's like a play and everybody knows their parts because we know what's going to happen. David didn't know what was going to happen. And just like those, it was on Palm Sunday when those two, uh, two disciples went into town to get the colt. They didn't know. They were just obeying their master. Because they loved him. They were in love with God. They were ready to serve him. And they were ready to do his will. That's what we all should live like. David was just a simple shepherd boy. But when you think about it, a shepherd would really make a great king. Think about what a shepherd does. A shepherd takes care of his flock. He takes his flock to food. He feeds them. He protects them from any enemies that might approach. He disciplines the ones that kind of get out of hand and misbehave. He cares for them when they're sick. He treats them fairly. He loves them. That's what a shepherd does. That sounds like a pretty good leader to me. In fact, doesn't that sound like our shepherd? Jesus Christ? Absolutely. He takes care of us. He blesses us. Food, water. He disciplines us. He treats us righteously. He treats us fairly. And He loves us. But the point of our lesson this morning is the fact that God looks at the heart of a person. And we should do the same as well. Rather than looking at their outward appearance, look at their heart. And not only looking at other people's hearts, but really we should examine our own hearts. What does our heart say about us? Let's close with a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time and your word this morning. Help us to be more like David, a man after your own heart. Help us to be in love with you, to serve you faithfully all of our days. And as we journey in life, we will get wisdom. Help us to see people for what they are, not for what they appear to be. And help us to appear as who we truly are. We pray the same for our country and for our church as well. 
as we select new leaders. Help us to choose people that will be good stewards of all that we have been blessed with. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.